what is up everybody how you doing so today i want to talk about a phrase that hurts my feelings so get ready because here we go the phrase is a dime a dozen um man it makes me it makes me want to do violent things and that's not a good thing um and and here's who i hear it from i hear it from managers okay i hear it from uh from managers about their people and they say it's cool don't worry about it dime a dozen right uh here's why that frustrates me and makes me angry and it makes me angry on a lot of levels but we'll we'll try and break it down a little bit um first of all it's a terrible mindset to have as a as a leader and you notice i said managers okay in air quotes uh because really there's a giant difference between a manager and a leader and the fact that this phrase gets used by people is one of those big differences like man i can tell in in two seconds that you are a manager and not a leader uh so dime a dozen, they, the way you hear this phrase thrown around is always in regards to their personnel, right? You'll have that, that individual who's kind of problematic, who, for whatever reason, um, they're late occasionally, they, they're not picking up on the, the task as quickly as everybody else, whatever it is. Right. And so this manager, right, this, uh, this supervisor decides, you know what we're going to do? We're going to write them up. We're going to write them up. We're going to get them in trouble. That's always their first go-to. I'm going to write them up. I'm going to write them up. Okay. You write them up. And then they do that. That's just what they do. This person continues to flounder, continues to fail. They continue to fall short of expectations. So what does that manager do? That manager just keeps writing them up and writing them up and writing them up until they've got enough paperwork to push them out of that organization altogether. And they always say, it's okay, don't worry about it, they're a dime a dozen. Um, and you know, you're wrong. You're 100% wrong. Let's, let's just talk about it at a factual, like, you can't argue this point, is they're not a dime a dozen. There's not a dozen of that person on the planet. There's only one person that is that person on the entire planet. And you as a manager, when air quotes, right, have decided to just give up on them. You gave up on them. You didn't even try. And that to me is the most egregious part of this whole dime a dozen philosophy is it comes from people who are in a, in a leadership role, but clearly have zero concept of what it means to be a leader um, to, to even use that as your your fallback you know and what, what really kills me about it i'm sorry this is just a rant and you just have to deal with it what really kills me about it is that these folks they will say it with pride when they let someone go they'll be like don't worry about it they were a dime a dozen and they'll say it to their leadership and their leadership will applaud it and pat them on the back i mean and and i know people who are listening to this have seen that i know if you're watching right now on youtube you've seen that where you work you've seen your quote leadership say they're a dime a dozen to their leaders and everyone's like, ha ha ha, you're right. We'll get another one to replace them. You'll never get that person back to replace them ever, ever. They're the only one. So to say they're a dime a dozen is a fallacy in of itself. But what it really does is it highlights what a trash leader you are. You are a manager and that's that. Now, here's the thing. The, there's a systemic difference between a manager and a leader. Let me just, I'll give you a snippet of this because I plan on doing a whole other episode on that. But a snippet of it is your people will do what you tell them to do that long because you're a manager. They will do it indefinitely because you're a leader. And that's just a fact, okay? People don't follow managers. They don't. They follow leaders. There's no game when you were growing up called follow the manager. There's no, no game growing up called follow the salaried supervisor. No one played that. Why? Because you're not going to follow them. Okay. You're going to follow leaders and leaders look at every individual as just that 
You're not a job title. You're not a cog. You're not just a person put in this place to fulfill this function. You're a human being. You are an individual. And a real leader is going to take the time. So how do we defeat the dime a dozen? If you're listening to this, you go, crud, that's me. I've said that. Here's a way to fix it. All right. Here's a way to get rid of the dime a dozen mindset is stop looking at them as a number. Look at them as a human being. That's the first step. If you don't see your people as people, you're off to a real bad start as a leader. All right. Number two is what do you do to fix it? So many times you'll have someone come into a company and they go through their orientation. They go through their job training. They get sent to that leader, right? That manager, that salaried supervisor, whoever they are. And that person just expects them to execute because they went through the, what, the four hour training module. They sat and did some online course that gave them half the answers to an outdated, antiquated system that you don't even use anymore. And you expect them to go out there and execute these tasks at high function. Come on, man. Get serious. That's not going to happen. And so as that manager who wants to be a leader, the onus is on you to make sure that they know how to do it. And so if you see them falling short when it comes to executing those tasks in the, in the right manner, or even, you know, having a clue what they're doing in the first place, you're the first person that needs to jump in and help them. And maybe that doesn't mean directly. Okay. I understand as a leader, as a real leader, there's a lot on your plate. You got a lot of fires to put out in a day. You've got a lot of moving pieces to worry about. So maybe it's not you. Maybe you've got that trusted subordinate though, that you know is Johnny on the spot or Janie on the spot with this particular task and you delegate to them, right? Because you can delegate. That's a great part about leadership is you can delegate authority. Now, you can't delegate responsibility. That's still on you. But you can delegate that authority to them to make sure that they shadow this new person to know that they got what's going on. That's a simple win. And it really takes almost no effort from you except for being aware and treating that human as such, as a human being, not a number. All right. So that's number one. Number two, let's talk about the real problem child, right? The one that's just systemically like all the time, never on time, never on time, never on time. Countless times I have seen leaders, right? Those managers in those positions who just write them off. Well, you're late. The policy says don't be late. So there we go. I'm going to write you up. Oh, you're late again. Policy said don't be late. Write you up. And they'll do this three or four times or whatever the, whatever critical criteria is established by their corporation so they can let this person go. And now they're out the door and you're minus one employee and you go, well, they're a dime a dozen. Okay. That's one way to do it. But is that solving anyone's problems? Let's go down the list of problems that that makes worse. Your productivity goes down because you're short one person now. And you can't say, well, we're short one person because they're going to go, well, you let them go. And now that person's life is no better because they're back out on the street looking for a job with no way to support themselves. You've done nothing. You've accomplished nothing positive by going, well, they're late. The company says they're late. Write them up. Okay. What do you do? Maybe, maybe be a leader instead of just a manager, maybe go to that individual and say, Hey, you know, your schedule is written like this, or the workday starts this time. And I noticed that you're being, you know, 10, 15 minutes later a day, what's going on? Because guess what? As a leader, you've got some authority, right? You've got some left and right limits that you can shift and adjust. And so maybe that person opens up to you because you've shown that you actually care about people instead of just the bottom line. And they go, you know what, because I take care of sick mom or because I've got little kid or because of whatever thing, I can't get here till this time. And you know what? I've seen this. I've seen this with my own eyes. 
people that their first week are late every single day. They're late every single day. And you're going, what the heck? And they interview this person was a rock star. And now here they are sat in front of me and they're late every day. Do they just not care? I mean, were they putting on a show in the interview? And so you start second guessing yourself as a leader and you'll never know until you go to that person. And every time I've gone to that person without fail, probably 90 to 95% of the time, guess what? They'll say to me, well, Travis, when I was in orientation, I told so-and-so that I could only work these hours because of these mitigating circumstances and my schedule still falls like this. So that's why. And so the vast majority of the time, this person's done their bit. They've told someone, hey, I can't. They've tried to make it clear that they're not going to make it on time and please adjust accordingly. And these are things that as a real leader, you can achieve. I mean, come on, especially, especially if you're in a place with hourly shifts, how difficult is it to shift at 10 minutes? It's not. It's not. I have never experienced someone getting let go as a leader for adjusting someone's schedule to facilitate them getting there and executing the task to standard. But what does it take? It takes you being a leader, not a manager. Okay, are we seeing the difference so far? And so what have we done? We've dealt with that person as such, as a person, as a human being, not a number, not a cog, not a tool, okay? These are humans and they're not a dime a dozen. They're that one person. All right, so I'm not gonna belabor this point anymore. I could probably go on and on and on and give you five more examples of when I've seen this, but that's just not how it is. They're not a dime a dozen. Here's the other thing, okay? It's the last point I'll make, but it's important, I think. A real leader is not a quitter, okay? So here's, here's what I see. When I see a manager or I see that supervisor who's got that problem child who just, for whatever reason, can't get right, and they come to me and say, Travis, I've got so-and-so, and they're just they're b- the bane of my existence. They just can't get it together. They, they're always late. They're always messing something up. They're, the first thing I'm going to ask you is what have you done about it? And if your answer is write them up, you're telling me that you don't know how to fix it. If your first response to that problem set is to write them up, then you're showing me you don't have the slightest clue how to fix it, which tells me another thing that's pretty important. You shouldn't be in the position you are because you're supposed to be the subject matter expert on all things that you supervise, right? Well, if you don't know how to fix this, then why the heck are you doing that job? Maybe you shouldn't be in charge. Maybe I should get Johnny Laypants over here and put him in charge of you for a week and see how things buff out. So unless you wanna lose your power base as a leader, get involved with your people. I'm not saying you've got to know every in and out of their existence, but you need to know enough so that when those things start to creep up, you can fix them. Because here's the other deal. Your dime a dozen mentality doesn't just apply, or at least in my experience, what I've seen, it never just applies to that person who's only been there a week. I've seen the dime a dozen mentality applied to folks who have been in an organization 5, 10, 15 years. And you'll have whatever leader, air quote leader, come in and say, hey, no, zero tolerance. Zero tolerance, they're late, write them up. Okay, sure. Let me ask you this, Johnny Hot Sauce. If someone did that to you at any point in your career, would there have been a time where you would have been let go? Would you no longer be part of that organization that you're now having a tyrannical impact on? Here's the thing, too. Everyone thinks, well, you know what? We'll set a tone. We'll set a tone. And that works to an extent. 
But after a while, it, it's going to create what I call the Lord of the Flies mentality. Okay. If you're familiar with the book or the movie, I'm telling you, it's not where you want to be. It's where the inmates take over the prison because they get done seeing their friends and coworkers shoved under the bus for life problems, things that a real leader would get involved in, things that a real leader would help them work through instead of punishing them for having a life outside that building. So dime a dozen mindset, do myself and all your direct reports and everyone underneath them a huge favor and get rid of it because it's just toxic. It's not the way to do business. It's not the way to deal with people. And it's certainly not the way to lead. Hope you got something out of this. Um, please feel free to check out the website, aboveaveragedeadership.com. The podcast is Above Average Podcast, and it's on Apple, Spotify. If you're listening to this, you already know that. We're also on YouTube. If you're watching this video, you're aware of that too. So hit like and subscribe. I think I did that on the right sides. Who knows? Um, and if you're on one of the other platforms, do me a solid and just subscribe to both because why the heck not? Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.